0: Okay, and uh, without further ado, here he is, Congressman Lee Zelda. Nice enough to give us a couple of minutes here on a Thursday, sir. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. It's good to be with you as always.
0: It is indeed good to have you. And, of course, the decision, we got it at Shows yesterday yesterday. Uh, Congressman, where you will not uh, seek the position of the chair of the Republican National Committee. Interesting the way you put it, you couldn't win, but a uh, little caveat in there, the present individual, Ron McDaniel, uh, should uh, should be looked at a little more carefully, uh, so to speak, as far as maybe uh, she shouldn't throw her hat into the ring for another round. If you can explain that to us, if you don't mind.
1: Well, I don't believe that the current chair should run for a fourth term. And I think it's time for change at the RNC. That's an opportunity for the Republican Party to be able to grow going into the 2024 important presidential and congressional races, uh, that there's a lot more for the Republican Party to do, and it should be done under new leadership. And uh, over the course of these last few cycles, of 2018 and 2020 and 2022, Republicans lost the, the White House, the House, the Senate, past election, barely got the House back, but it was a year that should have been a national red wave. And I just believe that now's the time to retool and, and transform the party, get better on messaging and fundraising expenditures the way that uh, elections uh, are done and you lean into election laws, the, the organizing of, of the party from the grassroots, being in touch with the grassroots, and the, uh, the voter registration effort. And the list goes on of so many ways they see opportunities for improvement, uh, lessons to be learned of what's working and what's not working. And and now isn't the time to you know to be to see anyone patting themselves on the back and uh, trying to spin what has gone on as somehow good. No, that's that's not what people are actually observing with their own eyes and their own emotions. They want change.
0: No doubt about it. Is it more messaging, though, Congressman? Is it more about the message? Because, you know, you look at how in the national spotlight, the White House has gone about their business. You know, everybody was saying, you know, it's a shoo-in. You know, it's almost like baseball. You know, you got a great lineup. you still got to execute on the field. And that wasn't done from a political sense. So, in essence, you mentioned some of the components here. Is it more messaging that was lost, you think, to the American public?
1: I think messaging is a massive component of this. And there there's a need to understand when movements are created. The movement doesn't get created based off of you saying what you're against. Now, that, that can work to a certain extent in getting some people to support you. Uh, saying that you're against Joe Biden and the Democratic Party, here's why. Uh, you know, that's an effective... Uh, component of communicating with the public, for sure. Uh, But the movement is created when you're telling people what you're for, when they know what they're investing in. What are they getting by electing a Republican Congress or a Republican president? That's when people start to believe, and that's when they open up their, their heart and their faith and there, there's optimism for what they are going to have that they don't have right now. Uh, I, I also believe the Republican Party, as it relates to messaging, needs to do, do a much better job going into the city. Uh, and there are a whole lot of people who are inside of the cities voting Democrat who aren't happy with Democrats, uh, who haven't seen Democrats enough in a while, they're not seeing results from them. Uh, and then people scratch their heads and say, well, I don't understand why they keep voting Democrats. Well, it comes down to one of those, uh, you know, devil you know is better than a devil you don't type attitudes. And what I saw in my race for for governor this year is that when I show up into when I was showing up into the city, there were a whole lot of Democrats who were waiting there with open arms, just waiting for for me to show up. They've been waiting for years for Republicans to show up, and they were extremely receptive to the message. And I would just say that for uh, anyone in the country engaging in an effort like that, getting into the city, reaching out to Democrats, with some of these different minority communities, if you're reaching out to the black community, the Asian community, Hispanic community, my advice is don't show up and think that the the right tactic is to say, uh, I love black people, vote for me. I love Asian people. I love Hispanic people. Actually, what you need to do is get into the substance of what you stand for and say, We need to make these streets where you live safer, here's how. We need to improve the quality of education in your kids' school, here's how. That is how you very quickly get to that next level of building that relationship. And uh we were we're we're seeing a lot of progress. Uh you know, the city's a big place. There's a lot of people to meet. Uh we were able to meet many, but uh there are a lot more. Uh, And I feel like the Republican Party needs to build off of that year after year after year, building the relationship, and in many respects, changes the math. We got uh, twice as high a percentage in 2022 in the race for governor as uh, the Republican candidate did four years earlier. And all you need is just a few more points, and this entire state changes. Uh, I mean, it becomes a purple state overnight. Uh, the moment you're able to get just a few more percentage points it was a it was just over fifteen percent in twenty eighteen in New York City. The Republican candidate got we got uh just over thirty percent if you're able to start getting over thirty five percent or thirty six percent that's it. New York just became a purple state
0: yeah no no question and you you know you look at and it should be used kind of as a template. you look at other states Georgia and you look at Arizona to come in mind especially. You know, with uh, the situation in Arizona, uh, with Mark Kelly's win, Doug Ducey uh, out as the governor there, Mark Kelly, of course, in the senatorial post. But you look at other areas of the country, you know, where they're in that purplish, purplish uh, sense, you know, so to speak, as you mentioned. And maybe New York should kind of take a flyer on that. And, you know, you did a really good job getting into those communities the asian community the jewish communities regarding some of the hate crimes that took place there you really kind of got into the crux of it all but again comes down to that city right comes down to the city the messaging and everything else uh it comes down to some of the boroughs as well within the confines of new york state and really kind of penetrating getting a message in there in order to really you know get into that mindset so to speak right We
1: ended up getting, we won the Asian vote inside of the city. We won Chinatown in Manhattan, Sunset Park in Brooklyn, Flushing in Queens, and these are mostly Democrats. Uh, We won by far the Orthodox Jewish vote inside of Brooklyn, mostly Democrats. I mean, we were winning some areas over 90% of the vote, crushed it. And I would add one other dynamic to why it's important to go inside of the city. Let's say you're not even competing statewide. And you're just looking uh, at the down-ballot races in the New York City suburbs.
0: Now, one logic
1: here locally or across the entire country is, well, the city doesn't matter because we're not competing for down-ballot votes. Maybe you're focused on some congressional race on Long Island or uh, in, in the lower Hudson Valley, let's say. Well, the media market in New York City covers two-thirds of the congressional districts in New York it actually covers congressional districts in Connecticut New Jersey as well and when when you're hitting New York City hard with your message you're working it hard. Listen, but a lot of these media reporters based in the city they're not going to spend their day traveling around the suburbs but you can show up inside of the city focused on issues that they have to cover they will cover And then the people who live inside of the suburbs, they might live in the suburbs, not the city, but they care about the city. And when they start their day, they're turning on the morning news, they're uh, turning on the evening news, and they're seeing, listening to the coverage of these issues uh, inside of the city, in many respects, driving the conversation in the suburbs. And I would say that if you're trying to win down-ballot races outside of the city, your efforts inside of the city generating earned media and, and driving the conversation helps in winning down ballot races that aren't even inside of the city. So we hit New York City hard and what we ended up seeing and we had we had some great candidates running and you know, there's a lot that, that goes into this, but we won New York one, New York two, New York three, New York four, all four of the congressional districts between Suffolk and Nassau. Uh, we held New York 11. That's Staten Island and a little bit of Brooklyn. But, but again, going outside of the city, we won New York 17 and New York 19. New York 3, New York 4, New York 17, New York 19. All four of those were Democratic seats that flipped. Uh, so, I mean, it was basically control of the House of Representatives uh, was determined by the effort in New York. You had a an open seat in the Syracuse area, a big. A Democrat seat a district that, that Biden won uh, the Republican held that one too so if this was a status quo election in New York uh, we would be sending six Republicans in the house delegation to DC but instead because New York delivered a red wave in New York it was a national red wave but there was one here in the state the house delegation from New York has 11 Republicans Otherwise, it would have been a 218- to 217-seat Democrat majority. The, the, the Democrats would still be in control of the House, if not for what New York did. And, and I would say that we need to heed some of the lessons of, you know, tactically, what was done inside of the city and its impacts outside of the city, uh, because this is an effort that needs to continue year after year.
0: Way You paid the way for the likes of the George Santoses of the world, the Anthony Despositos of the world to occupy the, the seat in Washington. You did it. And, uh, you know, um, hopefully you have been congratulated, will continue to be congratulated for that, forgetting the majority as far as that is concerned. One final thought here. Uh, as we kind of march on, uh, what are you thinking about these days? Holidays is family, I know. But what happens, uh, Congressman? after January 1st and whatnot here as you move on. Aspirations I'm sure you have. What would you like to concentrate on as far as going forward?
1: Well, you know, over the course of the coming days and and weeks, we'll spend some quality time uh, not just with the family, um, but also thinking about uh, some of the different options that are out there on, on next steps. The one thing that I know for sure is that I have made a, a lifelong commitment to be as involved as I possibly can to to do my part, and and right now I I really do feel like there's a need to save our state and save our country. And uh, whatever I end up doing, whether it's you know it's it's inside of government politics or it's outside and I'm in the private sector, no matter what I choose to do, uh, I am sure that I will stay. Very active to make sure that I'm doing my part uh, to help save our country with these important elections coming up in 2024. Uh, I believe that Joe Biden should not be reelected to a second term. Uh, I think that it's going to be important that uh, we're electing a Republican president in 2024. Uh, we'll have important races for the House and the Senate and uh, and down ballot races as well. So I'll definitely stay active no matter what. Um, I'm a you know, proud, lifelong Long Islander. And my daughters are in 11th grade in a school that I went kindergarten through 12th grade in. They've been going to school since they were in kindergarten as well. This is our home. And part of our responsibility here, whoever's listening, regardless of whatever we do, there are many opportunities for all of us to make positive impacts to improve this meeting. And we just have to figure out ways to, to carve out the time to make that impact. And I certainly want to do my part.
0: You will, and I got to tell you, I've even uh, a couple of little birdies have come up to me and said, "You know what? That that Zeldin guy would be great for Suffolk County as far as a county exec, take a term of that stuff, and uh, kind of fix uh, many a hole here." And you know certainly what's going on here. So, in essence, uh, I'm sure you've heard that, I thought I'd convey that to you. But in essence, whatever moves there are, there is still. Uh, Time for you to uh, do what you have normally done, and that is to help this uh, country and the district and whatnot uh, somehow get some uh, some footing here. Uh, Tough times indeed as we venture into the next year. Always a pleasure to have you, and uh, if we don't speak prior to the holidays, you have a wonderful one, you and your family, all right?